Amen. It's good to see you tonight. We're going to have some fun looking at the Word here. Last week, we began talking about the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. We found that the word blessing has been devalued somewhat in our day. Mostly we hear the word bless after somebody sneezes. They sneeze and we say, bless you. We saw that that phrase, bless you, after the sneeze is based in superstition involving the thought that the devil has the ability to steal your soul as a result of your sneeze. And then when you say bless you, then they can, it goes back in. Man, that's a, if you lose it that easy, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. And then we talk about the phrase bless your heart, and we talk about what that means. And uh, you know, in West Texas, that means a certain thing, and most of us know how that works. We talk about how that in, in Christianese, when you ask someone, how are you doing, and they say, I'm blessed. And that seems to be the new code word that says, I'm a Christian. You know, and, and even at restaurants these days, I notice a lot of times when, we, when we're leaving, they say, be blessed or have a blessed day. And I, I like that. I like that when they say that. However, they don't exactly, most people don't exactly understand the power of what they just said. When, when they declare the blessing. All right, we discovered last time that as covenant partners of God, that the blessing of God is on us. And what I didn't say last week is because we have the blessing of Abraham on us. That's what we talked about. We'll look at that again before we go too much further. But because we now have the, the blessing of Abraham through Jesus Christ, Abraham was blessed and he was a blessing to others. And when you and I bless people, when we say blessed, you're blessed. Listen, they are blessed because we have the authority to bless through Jesus Christ. All right. We saw last week uh, from Genesis 1 in Genesis 128 that God concluded creation and began human history by conferring the blessing of the Lord upon Adam and Eve. When he got finished, he blessed them. And gave them authority. We saw that when Adam failed to maintain the blessing of the Lord through his rebellion, he allowed the blessing to be, ta- be turned into a curse at the hands of Satan. God never pronounced a curse upon Adam. He pronounced the blessing upon him. He simply announced the curse. Anytime there is a contradiction of the word on my part, it's not that God curses me. It's that the sin releases the curse. Right? He never cursed the man. He, he announced the fact that the planet was now cursed. All right? any, any system of life that relies on anything or anyone but God as the source of blessing is cursed, just so you'll know. We saw last week that after Adam, the blessing of the Lord was pronounced upon Noah and his sons. We saw that in Genesis chapter 9. It was the same verbiage. God announced the same blessing on Noah and his sons that he announced on Adam and Eve. We saw then that the very same blessing was passed down to Abraham. Abraham received the blessing. We saw that, that God announced it to him. Finally, we saw last week in Galatians chapter 3, and this is one of my favorite parts of the Bible, chapters verses 13 and 14, that the blessing that was conferred upon Abraham is now ours by faith. The Bible says Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. All right, so we now, 
possessed this blessing that was upon Abraham, that was upon Noah, that was upon Adam, we now possess the very same blessing of the Lord. Now when Jesus came and he began to preach, the, 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 the Jewish preachers of the day, they preached the curse. They talked about the curse of the law because these people were all under the law and the Jewish, and, and, and historians tell us that the Jewish preachers of the day were preaching the curse. They were talking about the curse, talking about the curse. But we see in the Bible when Jesus came, and you look at Matthew chapter 5, and we see the very first sermon that's recorded that Jesus preached, the very first word of his very first sermon was blessed. And in nine verses, the first nine verses of that sermon, the very first word in every one of those, those verses is blessed. Jesus came and he announced once again the blessing. I'm telling you, the people, the, the preachers of the day didn't like what Jesus preached because they wanted the bad news preached, but Jesus came preaching the blessing of the Lord. He announced to the people that they were the blessed. The Bible says we have the promise of the Spirit by faith. Here's the promise of the Spirit, Romans 4, verse 13. The promise, talking about Abraham. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So the promise to Abraham was that he was the heir of the world. Now the devil is the God of this world, but he's not the owner of this world. We are the heirs of the world. And we have a right to rule this planet by decree because we are the sons and the daughters of Christ and we are of, of God and we have the blessing on us. We saw that the blessing of the Lord is not the stuff we have. In fact, the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, I believe it is, it says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord is not the riches. The blessing of the Lord is an empowerment to get the riches. The blessing of the Lord we talked about is this, this conferment of God upon the people of God that enables them, empowers them to rise to the highest place of His call. I mean, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. The word it is referring to the blessing of the Lord. It's the blessing that empowers us to do the things that God has called us to do. Many people think that the blessing of the Lord is a car or a house, or a good wife or husband, good kids or money, a good job. A lot of people think, I'm blessed because I have these things. Can I tell you something? That is not the blessing. Amen. The blessing is what brought those things. The blessing is where they came from. I mean, we need to understand that God's blessing empowers us. No, the stuff is not the blessing of the Lord. We saw last week that that's the result of the blessing, and, and the result of that is His favor and His prosperity in our lives. We saw last week that it's the blessing of the Lord that brings all that good stuff to us. The blessing of the Lord is the conferred empowerment that enables the recipient to rise to the highest place of success, like a knight who is knighted by a king or a queen and then is told to rise, and they're supposed to rise to the highest place of the knighthood. They, are now, they now have a right to everything that knighthood entitles them to. When God blessed you in Jesus Christ, He blessed you and intends for you to rise into everything that He called you to be. 
He, he intends for that to take place in our lives. Listen, it, it, He conferred upon each one of us through Jesus. Now, it's not released automatically. It must be activated by faith. And we talked uh, uh, two or three times ago about how faith operates, and that is as we say what He says and we focus on what He said instead of on the circumstances around us. All right? it's, it's through faith. In fact, the only time the word automatic is used in the Bible. It's only used the Greek word in, in the word automatic, but the word that means automatic is only used in the Greek New Testament one time. And it was when Peter was taken by the angel out of the prison and he went outside the gate and the Bible says the gate opened automatically. That is the only time. The Bible doesn't say that we walk by automatic blessing. The Bible says we walk by faith. We live by faith. It's not automatic. It's not necessarily easy, but it is faith, and faith makes everything possible. And so we need to know that. that That's what God intends to happen. He conferred His blessing upon us through Jesus Christ. It's activated by faith. The Bible teaches us that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The only way we can activate faith is in the Word of God. People, unfortunately, most Christians, don't get enough of the Word in them. And so what happens is when something happens to them, that's when they try to muster up some faith, but you've got to have some word to back up the faith. Amen. Amen. Okay? When the other car is getting ready to hit you, that's not the time to begin to try to get some faith. That's not the time to pray in tongues for the first time this month. That is not it. All right? We need to be people who are continually exercising our spirit man, feeding the spirit man with the word, Feeding him over and over and over. I mean, you know, we come to the, we come to our group every every other Wednesday night, and I mean, we get to eat. But just think, if that's all you ever ate was every other Wednesday night, that would be a terrible thing. You would be weak all the time, and you couldn't function. If the only word you get is this this week, you're in trouble. Listen, the devil is not looking for people to attack that are full of the word. He says a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Because he can't devour everybody. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're full of the Word, he's not going to come after you. Now He'll try to trip you up and do things, but I'll tell you, he understands that you understand what to do and you can stand against him. Alright, so we, we know that. It says, so they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. We have that blessing. I think we read last week from Genesis chapter 26, verse 1. It says, And Abraham was blessed in all things. Everything. Abraham was blessed. I know sometimes when I talk, I think to myself, Wow, that is just almost too good to be true. But it's what the Bible said, not what I said. It's all too good to be true. But God is our God. He is supernatural. He's bigger than all of those things. It may seem too good to be true. It was too good to be true that this Jesus could be crucified on a cross, buried in a tomb, raised again on the third day, and that all of my sin was obliterated. That's too good to be true. But it is true. And we know that. We have to appropriate it by faith. So we're going to continue to look. God's plan for us is not to curse us. It is to bless us. We've got to know that. The curse is not the will of God. It is the result of sin. God didn't do it. Sin has disrupted 
lots of things. But sin has never altered the intent of God regarding you and your life. I mean, sin messes stuff up, but it didn't mess up God. He is the same always. In His grace, He has made a way for each of us to reconnect with the blessing of the Lord through Jesus Christ. And the devil has been lying to us. He's been telling us that we can't have it because we're not good enough because sin stopped it. Sin cannot stop the plan of God. It doesn't have the power to do that. So tonight, we're going to talk about the unchangeable plan of God. Unchangeable. It cannot change. We're going to see the Lord. I mean, He will still do what He promised from the very beginning of time. He still will do it. We're going to look at His purpose for creation and see that it's still the very same thing. All right, so last week, let me just, this is something I was going to try to get in last week, but I didn't get there that, that far. We saw the blessing and that Abraham was blessed with the blessing of the Lord, that we've been blessed with that blessing. Said We saw that Abraham was blessed in all things. But I want, I want you to, I want to connect something. I'm going to connect Abraham right now to us, all right? And then we're going to go back to the original blessing of, of Adam. Here's what the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. It says, But ye are come to Mount Zion. Now this is talking to believers here. Ye are come to Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh of better things than that of Abel. It tells us that we have come to Mount Zion. We have come to Mount Zion. I love the part that talks about that the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than the blood of Abel. Because the blood of Jesus, the blood of Abel, what did it say? It said judgment. It said, it said justice and judgment. The blood of Jesus says forgiveness and mercy. And so the blood of Jesus is speaking that because of that blood, we can come to Zion. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to prove it tonight. I may prove it in a few months. We understand if you study end times from the Scripture, you're going to find that many times there are double prophecies that we will read. We're going to find in Scripture there is a heavenly Zion and there's an earthly Zion. And we find as we talk about the end times, each of those Zions has, an inhab has different inhabitants. Heavenly Zion is populated by the church. Earthly Zion is populated by the Jewish people. The problem we have in the church sometimes today is that people try to replace the Jews with the Christians. It's called replacement theology. God made an everlasting covenant with the Jews. He will never break his covenant. At the same, by the same token, he made an everlasting covenant with the church, and he will never break his covenant. And when we look at prophetic scriptures, we need to look at who it's talking to, who it's talking about, and sometimes it's talking about two people at one time. We're not going to replace the Jews. They, they are God's people, but they're not going to replace us. We are God's people. All right, so we're, all, we're, we're, we're his people. But I want, to see, I want you to see from that verse that we're referred to as those of Mount Zion. Mount, we, are, we, are, we are Mount Zion. I used to love that song we'd sing, We're Marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. 
We are citizens of that Zion. Now let me read you another scripture. We're going to connect this Zion and the blessing of the Lord back to Adam right quick. Isaiah 51 verse 1 says this, Hearken unto me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord, look to the rock whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit from whence ye are digged. Look to Abraham your father. Now, Abraham's our father, right? We read that last week out of Galatians. We read it out of, out of Romans. And to Sarah that bare you, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wildernesses like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and, and the voice of melody. It refers to these people of the seed of Abraham, the natural seed, the seed of faith. And it's talking about this Eden covenant that God makes with the citizens of Zion. He's talking about that the people of Zion have access to this Eden covenant, the garden of the Lord. It's talking about the covenant that God had with Adam before he ever sinned. That's the will of God. That's the plan of God for man. Verse, there in, in Isaiah 51, it tells God's intent is still to make us like the garden of Eden to be blessed. And this plan is unchangeable. He still intends for his blessing upon Adam to be upon all of his covenant people. You cannot find anywhere in Scripture that God is taking the covenant of his blessing off of you or off of any other person. It's never been revoked. It never can be revoked. We talked about last week that, that, that the Lord said, Whom the Lord blesses cannot be cursed. Now you can receive a curse if you want to, but you're making a huge mistake. We defy the curse by the blessing of the Lord. He intends for His blessing to be at work in us, transforming wherever we are into the garden of His abundant provision. There used to be a sneaker commercial where the guy had on, I don't know, I think it might have been Nike, football cleats, and wherever the guy stepped, the grass grew. Everywhere he went, because you know he was a football player wearing the right shoe. Everywhere we go, the garden should be expanding. Not the literal trees of the garden, but the, the, the provision, the abundance, the blessing of God should be expanding wherever we are. If I'm at Market Street, there the blessing is because I take it with me. It goes wherever I go. It expands. I mean, wherever we are. I mean, when we go tonight, just think this garden is going to go all of these ways. Wherever we go, the blessing of God is going to go wherever we are. I mean, God does that. He intends for it to be at work in us, transforming everything. But we must be in Christ and we must be in faith. Think about these, this verse for just a moment. In Malachi 3 verse 6, he said, For I am the Lord, I change not. God does not change. He said, in other places, he said, I'm not a man that I can lie or the son of man that I change my mind. What God says is what God says. He blessed you. The scripture says, and I'll try to read it again before we go. The scripture says that God sent Jesus Christ to bless you. I think it's in Acts 3, and I'll find it before we go, hopefully. The scripture says in Acts 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. God 
is unchangeable. Once he's decided it, it's done. Many people will tell you it's God's will to put sickness and poverty on people. That God wants to curse them to teach them lessons. You know, I never put a curse on my kids to teach them anything. They want, to, they, want, they want you to believe that God leaves people in evil and oppressive situations for reasons that only He can understand. That isn't God. That you can't see that in the Scripture. We've seen that the intent for God is for His Zion to have His blessing, the blessing of Eden. So we're going to look at the beginning and see if we can shed some light on this tonight. In the very beginning, we can find God's intent for man and discover the reason for why He created man. Some, some people say that changed because of sin. And I told you, sin changed some things, but it didn't change God. All right? Just because man sinned, God didn't say, okay, buddy, cancer. Not one time can I find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where someone came to Jesus. And they said, oh, Lord, heal me. And he said, yeah, yeah, but I, I'm going I'm to let you suffer for a little while longer to teach you something. He, that never happened. Okay, here's what the scripture says in James 1.17, and we need to get this deep into our spirits. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Variableness means fickleness. God is not fickle. He is not, I mean, there is no chance of him changing. It simply cannot happen. Now, let's look at this. You know these verses. You've read them a hundred times, at least in your life. Genesis 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, sometimes we miss something about these verses. Something very simple that we're going to look at here for just a minute. God is the creator of the universe. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He is the creator. The only bang there was when God said light be and maybe it banged. I don't know. But, but the whole universe was initiated by God releasing light with his word. He preexisted it. He will exist way after it. But God said it and it became. All right. In this three-letter word, G-O-D, God. I mean, that word is used by every religion on the planet. They all use it. But here, we know it's referring to the one eternal triune God. We're, we know He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is talking about the God. God. So let's think about God for just a minute. First John 4, 8 says of God. It says, God is love. God is is love. And we're like, well, yeah, well, I've heard that a million times. Listen, they describe him with accuracy beyond what we thought most of the time. God is love. In the Old Testament, Psalm 78, 38, and Psalm 114, 4 say of God that he is full of compassion. That's like God is love. Psalm 86.15 says, He is long-suffering, plenteous in mercy and truth. That's like love. That's the same thing. Psalm 145, 
Verses 8 and 9 says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and His tender mercies are over all His works. God created heaven and earth. God is infinite. Right? God is love. God is infinite love. Infinite compassion. Infinite mercy. It's infinite. God is love. Listen, it's not a matter of God having love. He is love. It's not Him just having compassion. He is compassion. He is love. He is compassion without beginning and without end. You already know where I'm going. I feel sure. Love and compassion are not on and off again traits with God. He is love. He is compassion. He is who He is and always has been and always will be. That's who He is today. That's who He was when He said, Light be. He is love. He is compassion. Infinite love. Infinite compassion. Psalm 100 verse 5 says, For the Lord is good. Infinitely good. He is forever and always good. I love it. Moses said, show me your glory. And God said, okay. Takes him up, puts him in a cleft of the rock. He said, now you can't see all of me. You can only see the rear end. And you remember what it says? It says, he, 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 he came and Moses saw his goodness. He manifested goodness. The glory of the Lord is good. It was God's infinite goodness. That's what passed before Moses. God is absolutely good. There is no evil in God. None. Zero. Absolute good is God. There's a temperature and it's called absolute zero. Absolute zero is the lowest possible temperature of something where it can never get colder. Because it's absolute zero. There is no heat whatsoever. It is absolutely cold. That temperature is 459.67 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. When it gets that cold... There is no heat whatsoever. It is absolutely cold. God is absolutely good. He is absolute good. There is no evil in God. None. No evil in God. I mean, He's absolute love. Absolute compassion. Now let's think about this. Let's go back to Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Well, could we say it this way? In the beginning, absolute love created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, absolute compassion created 
the heaven and the earth. Absolute goodness with no hint, no possible evil in that created heaven and earth. I mean, that's what the beginning was about. In the beginning, God, who is absolute love, compassion, and goodness, created the heavens and the earth. Now, I don't know about you, that makes a big difference in all of it. I mean, love created it all. Since we know that love created the earth, now we need to know something else. Absolute love must have someone to love. Absolute love, I mean, and absolute compassion can't be satisfied with just selfish desires. Because that's not absolute love. Absolute love, real love and real compassion must have someone to fellowship with, someone to give to, someone to bless. It, it has to. Love is not about itself. Love is about something else. God created the earth. He created the whole universe for the purpose of love, of compassion. He didn't create it for his own selfish enjoyment. He created it for the man, his family, so he can lavish blessing upon all men. God didn't need to create a dwelling place for him. He already had one. He created a dwelling place, a glorious place, called earth for the man. It was so glorious. He put him here and he wanted to pour his love and his blessing on this man. So he put him in this wonderful place and he could come and visit with him. The Bible says he walked with, with, with Adam in the garden in the cool of the day. He could come and he could share and lavish his love upon this man. Now, there you go. That's the beginning. That's what God wanted to do. Think about, you already know this. In John 1, verse 1, in the beginning the was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. Think about it. Love's Word created the universe. Absolute love's Word. The earth, heaven, the planets, it was all created by love. Because absolute goodness created it all. Love in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with love. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with compassion. The Word was with goodness and the Word was love. He was compassion. He was goodness. All things were made by love. Without love wasn't anything made that was made. Because God is love. God built our family home, earth, out of love. He brought forth the very essence of himself. That is the blessing of the Lord. And he brought it into the earth to reflect his all-consuming desire to do us good. To surround us with his goodness. Think about it. We've gone from dirt to divinity because of the goodness of God. God he did that. He formed man of the dust of the ground, but he created man. He breathed into him the breath of life, the breath of love, the breath of his own compassion. And he blessed him of his own being so man could rule the earth as God rules the heavens. According to Psalm 115, verse 16. God 
did that. Sin can never change God. It doesn't have a chance. Nor can it change His intent of love for all men. Man, we don't. We, we, we have eternity for Him to pour out His grace and His love on us because there's not enough time here in the 70 to 120 years we got. I mean, just that God is like, I can't wait to get you up here because I got so much more I can show you. Mm. And the scripture says it'll be for eternity. For eternity, he'll be demonstrating grace, demonstrating his kindness to us. Man, I tell you, when a believer goes to heaven, there is nothing wrong with it. Nothing. We get to go, and we have eternity. God's just going to say, I'm so glad you. Let me show you something. I made this just for you. Yeah, you realize that's what's going to happen, right? He's, he's like, get this room ready for you, just for you. Not anybody else. He's so creative. It'll be just for you. You're going to find things there that, that you didn't even know you liked that much. And, and you'll just, it'll be because he's so good. He has so much love. And you'll see it and it'll be, this is what I've always dreamed of. I, mean, I know, I know that. Because he's good. He blesses us. He wants the same things to be here in our lives. He wants the blessing to be upon us here. The blessing of the Lord. I mean, he sent Jesus to re-implement the blessing of Abraham, which is the blessing of Eden upon all who will believe. That's our job. Believe him. Listen, our job is to be where we're supposed to be. Do what we're supposed to do. Because the blessing is what's going to make you rich. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord, that's what's going to provide for you. I'll tell you, it provides the favor. You'll be in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And you'll be at Starbucks and the right person walk in the door. You'll be at, the Mar- at Market Street and the right person will be in front of you. It, it, it'll, just, it'll just amaze you. Because the blessing of the Lord, that's what He wants to do to every one of us. And we think, well... Yeah, but I, I'm not good enough. You're right. But it's not your righteousness. It's not your goodness. It's his absolute goodness. It is, it is what Jesus, he, Jesus was made sin. You were made righteousness. Because God wants to bless you. His plan is unchangeable. It'll never change. God is still love. He is still compassion. The verses in Acts 3.26 says that God raised up Jesus and sent him to bless you. To bless you. That's what God is after. He wants to get this plan to you to bless you. Let's pray. Father, tonight I thank you for the blessing of the Lord. I thank you tonight, God, that you sent Jesus to bless us. Lord, You want more for us than we can even imagine. And yet the word promises us that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond all we can ask or think or imagine. And Lord, all we got to do is step in to agreement with you 
And we'll see you do more than we could ever hope to dream of. Lord, we'll see our steps ordered. We'll see things take place supernaturally in front of us, to the right and to the left and behind us. God, we thank you that it's your will and your plan as absolute goodness, absolute love to take care and bring the blessing of the Lord upon each one of us. Lord, tonight we receive it in Jesus' name. More than just get it in our minds, Lord, we choose to soak it into our spirits and we make the declaration, I receive it in Jesus' name. I receive the blessing of of the Lord in Jesus' name. Knowing that it's not the stuff, it is the empowerment that causes us to rise to the highest place of your, of your wish and your will. God, tonight we thank you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen.